And uh, I want to lead you in a confession before that we get into the word. Say it with me. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I open my heart and this day I will receive with gratitude the implanted word that saves my soul. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Glory to God. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Jeremiah 29. And I want to welcome all of our our guests before we may have done that already today. But if we haven't, I want to make sure that you know how grateful we are that you've come here this morning. If you are here for the very first time, would you please raise your hand? We want to honor all of our guests. God bless you for being here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here this morning. We have something prepared for you out in the foyer afterwards. We have a a gift for you that we'd like to get to you and certainly would love to meet you. Praise God. From Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 in the New Living Translation says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. One thing we know for sure is our Heavenly Father has a plan and has a path designed for all of us. And we know that our Heavenly Father is faithful. The Bible says, faithful is he that calls you who will also do it. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God, He is God. He is the faithful God. And what does He do? He keeps covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keeps His commandments to how many generations? Thousands of generations. You know, there is a revelation that I believe that I'm growing in. And I believe that all of us can grow in. And that is this, my father loves me. That love himself loves me. That our father is not mad at us, he's mad about us. Keith Hershey, who will be part of our summer revival program in July, says this, that God loves us completely. He favors us abundantly and blesses us eternally. I want you to verbalize that and say it like this. My father, he loves me completely, favors me abundantly, and blesses me eternally. That's good news, is it not? Jeremiah 31 says, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn thee. He will never, ever stop loving you. The Bible says that there is nothing that will ever be able to separate you or me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, Paul is writing that during a time of great stress and great persecution. But he looked at those things and he said, you know what? If love be for me, 
what difference does it make who's against me? I mean, if love is on your side, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. So in the context of difficulty and stress and great tribulation, Paul looks at those things and he says, you know what? In the midst of all these things, I am still more than a conqueror through him that loved me. You know, it'd be one thing for him to say, I'm a conqueror. But he said, I am more than, more than, more than a conqueror. But the key is this. It is through him that loves us. And I think that this is an understanding that we need to feed on regularly. You know, I had a T-bone steak not too long ago. But I tell you what, I'm going to have another one in the near future. How about you? You know, you may have had some tacos, you know, a few days ago. But how many of you know Taco Tuesday's on the way? And oftentimes where the revelation concerning the Word of God is concerned, well, I've heard that. I've got those notes. No, faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so this revelation of how much love loves me needs to be worked on and needs to get firm in our spirit because there's a lot of things that will point us to the fact that He doesn't care about us, that He's given up on us. But I hear the Word of the Lord say, I will not... I will not, I will not in any way leave you helpless. I will not leave you without support. I will never leave you nor forsake you because my grip does not slip. Amen. I hear the word of the Lord saying, if love be for you, who can be against you? Oh, hallelujah. But it is something we need to have Foremost in our thinking on a regular basis. See, John said it like this. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. See, when we talk about having faith in God, we're talking about having faith in the love of God. And here's what will happen when we really get an understanding of how much love loves us. The Bible says... That we'll be strengthened with might by the Spirit of God in the inner man. And that we will come to know for ourselves. Through the experience of God's love for us. We'll know the height. Everyone say the height. The the depth. The width. width, And the breadth. Of the love of the Father. Which says it passes our mere knowledge. This love goes beyond your understanding. It is a spiritual truth that once it gets lodged deep within your heart, here's what will happen. You will have the richest measure of His divine presence. And you will become a person that is wholly flooded and filled with love Himself. Now listen, when we're talking about Having the presence of God in a service, we enjoy that, we love that. But how many of you know there's even greater and richer presence yet to be experienced? Amen? When we say a person is rich in the natural realm, he may be a millionaire. But being a millionaire doesn't mean you're the richest person in the world. Now, I don't know who the richest person in the world is. I have no idea. But I know that he or she is a multi-billionaire, right? 
So it's one thing to experience the richness of His presence, but it's another thing to experience the richest of the richest of His presence. And I'm telling you, there's nothing like knowing that love loves you that will engulf your life and saturate your life with His very presence and with a sense, oh, you know what? It's worth living today because my Father loves me. I'm saturated with the goodness of God every day of my life. Know it. Believe it. Say it. Love loves me. Say it real strong. Love loves me. Amen. Now, Jesus put it like this in John 17, 23. Let's look at that. John 17, verse 23. He says, I in them and thou in me. That they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and has loved them as you have loved me. Now, here's what I want you to see. Jesus is literally saying that our Heavenly Father loves us as much as He loves Jesus. Think about that. He loves you as much as He loves Jesus. And because he does love us, that means that he's got rich plans for your life. You see, at the new birth, when you get born again, God puts you on a path, does he not? And then as you learn to walk with God, that path and that journey gets deeper and richer every day of our lives. The Bible says that the path of the just gets brighter and brighter more shiny, more glorious until the perfect day. Amen? I want you to know this. There are some things on the path that perhaps you have not yet gotten to, but because, just because you haven't gotten to it doesn't mean that it's not there. There are some things down the road for many of you that if you will just continue to walk with God and continue to do your very best in God and through God, you'll get to a place where you'll come to that place of rich fulfillment. Come on now. You'll get to that place where you say to yourself, you know what? I'm glad I didn't give up. I'm glad I didn't go back to drugs. I'm glad... I not only said no to that adultery, but I said yes to God. I'm glad that I cut off some relationships that were not healthy for me. I'm glad I said no to sin and said yes to God. I want you to know that it is worth and it pays rich dividends to serve God and to follow God every day of your life. There are some things on the path that God has got for you, that if your eyes could see it now, you wouldn't be able to handle it. But that is why He requires you and I to walk by faith on this path. And as we walk by faith and not by sight on the designated path that God has got for us, we will, as we said last week, we will fully please Him. And we will walk worthy of the Lord... Unto all pleasing. I'm just here to tell you today that walking by faith as a mom, walking by faith as a dad, 
Walking by faith as a single parent is the walk that God has ordained for you. And as you walk by faith and not by sight, as you regulate your life by trusting Him with all of your heart, even though you may not see the mountain move overnight, even though the circumstances may loom in your way, if you continue to walk by faith and not by sight, God will make a way where seemingly there is no way. God will get you to your place of rich fulfillment. Say it with me strong. I'm walking by. I'm living by. I'm conducting my life by faith. Turn with me quickly to Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. Romans the first chapter and the, and the 17th verse. Of course, verse 16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it's the power of God unto salvation. Amen. And then he goes on to say in verse 17 of Romans 1. He says, for therein is the righteousness revealed from faith to faith. As it is written now, how shall the just live? Now let's ask ourselves a question here today. Who are the just? If you're born again, you're just in his sight. Just comes from the word justification, and which really comes from the word justified. The word justified simply means that you are righteous in the sight of a righteous God. You were not righteous at one time, but because of the blood of Jesus applied to your heart, now you're in right standing with God. Now notice this. He said that the just shall live by... And they shall operate by faith. Now dads, it'll pay rich dividends as the head of your house to live by faith and to conduct your life by faith in front of your loved ones. You see, you can have an impact on future generations by how you conduct yourself. You see, faith will always speak the answer. In spite of contradictory circumstance. Faith will always see the answer. See, the word of God paints pictures. And the entrance of his word into your life gives you light. It gives understanding to the simple. And so the word of God will paint an image of the God kind and the God quality of life down on the inside of you. God's word is in you will develop a picture of the good life that he has for you. Is that fair enough to say it like that? Say it again. God's word in you will paint a picture of the kind of life that God has for you. And you know what kind of life it is, don't you? It's a good life. It's an awesome life. Now, how many of you know that it's not every day that Everything that we face looks like the picture. It just doesn't look like the picture. You know, I come in here sometimes on Wednesday night and it's half empty. Well, more than half empty. And I have a picture on the inside of me every seat being full. Altars continually being filled. The glory of God in manifestation. But if I went by the outside picture that I saw, I'd get discouraged. 
That's where I've learned to live by the picture on the inside of me. The picture that God has painted by the power of the Holy Spirit in my yes, life. That's right. Now, one time we were attending a church. It's a little struggling church. I think they got about two or three members down in San Jose called Jubilee Christian Center. <laughs> Anybody ever heard of Jubilee? <laughs> yeah. Now, Jubilee's a great church. A good friend of ours, Pastor Dick and Carla Bennell, been pastoring there for longer than we have. They got a great church, great people. Well, years ago, this is probably in the 80s, we went down there for a meeting. And it, was, it got pretty late. And uh, you know how sometimes preachers can get long-winded? It's all right, you can agree. Yes, yes, we know, Pastor. Well, anyway, it's one of those nights and we were hungry. You know, anybody ever get hungry after church? You know what? That's why evangelists get so fat. Because they eat all night. Well, anyway, that's not in the notes. So we're out there with a bunch of ministers and we're getting ready to eat. And we went to Denny's. You know, Denny's is the only restaurant that's open late at night. And how many of you remember Ralph Frugaletti, our former associate pastor for a number of years? Well, he has two, two, uh, two children. One is a daughter and the other one is a son. Amen. What's the son's name again? Stephen. 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 Just about forgot his name. Stephen. Well, Stephen was a crybaby. I mean, he would cry at the drop of a hat. I mean, just, I mean, if you looked at him wrong, just. I hope he doesn't get this CD. Well, he's a man now. You know, when you become a man, you put away childish things, right? At least most of you have. I, anyway. So, you know, at Denny's at the time, you know, they had nice little pictures of what the children's menu had. And this one had a pancake and the bacon was the mouth and it was smiling and the eyes were different things and it was just perfect. The eyes were strawberries. And it seemed like we waited forever and a day to get our food. And so finally the food comes and they put Stephen's, you know, dinner down in front of him and he just goes, ah, starts crying. He says, it doesn't look like the picture. Well, in life, we've all discovered there's a million and one things that don't look like the picture. But God would not have us to cry and moan and groan and throw a fit of carnality. God would have us lift up our hands and thank Him and praise Him. Regardless of what it looks on the outside, we've got the picture of our redemption, an inner image of victory on the inside, and we will not be denied. Hallelujah. It may not look like the picture yet with some of your children. So you have a picture of them being next to you today. You have a picture of them coming from afar and coming back into Father's family. It may not look like the picture right now concerning your financial status. It may not look like the picture right now Concerning your physical body. As a matter of fact, you may have gotten an x-ray back that completely defies the picture you have on the inside. But the Bible says, we've learned not to look at the things which are seen. 
but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are subject to change. But that which is not changeable is forever settled in my heart. So now listen. It becomes our responsibility to develop a picture regularly on the inside of us through the photosynthesis of God's Word and let that Word dwell in us richly. Now listen, here's what happens. I'll guarantee you, I'm not the guy selling suits either. I will guarantee you, the more familiar that you will get with the Word... And the more that you will work with the word and let it dwell in you richly and abide in you and just let it saturate you, that picture will get clearer and clearer and clearer every day to where, you know, you just live in that zone. You're living in the faith zone. And anything outside of the zone doesn't take you off the path. But you just constantly, continuously walk on the path of God's Word. And even though it don't look right, you know that it's just a matter of time before everything is going to be all right. Amen? Now listen. One way to stay on the path is to live and conduct your life by faith. Now, we have... A golden opportunity to impact generations upon generations. As a mom, as a dad, as pastors, as ministers, as leaders of the church, as servants of the Most High God. Your example is an incredible, awesome picture for those that are under us to follow. I want Brenda to come and to share a story about her dad, John Edwards. John Edwards was the deacon at the First Assembly of God Church in Skeety, Oklahoma. That's where Brenda and I got married on July 22nd in July of 77, 35 years ago. But one thing I remember about John Edwards, and we honor our fathers today that have gone on to be with the Lord. Amen. We honor our spiritual fathers. But this was an example of faith, an example of living by the picture that... He had on the inside. Go ahead, honey, and share a little bit about that cotton crop that the devil tried to steal. Well, most of you know that I did grow up on a farm, and I was just remembering this today that uh, when I was a little girl, the main crop was cotton, and of course that was what provided for our family for all all year long. And this one particular year, we had an abundance of rain at the wrong time, and cotton, before it opens up and it's that white fluffy stuff, it's a cotton ball. And then the cotton balls were getting rotten because there was so much water just standing in the field, and they weren't opening up. All the county, in all the county there, nobody had a crop. And I, to this day, I remember my dad went out there one day and he knelt down in that cotton field and he began to plead his case. And he said, Father God, I am a tither. I am a giver. I've done my best to raise my family according to the word of God. And you know, Lord, that this is how we live. This is how I provide for my family. So I'm asking you in the name of Jesus to let the these cotton bowls open up that we will have 
a crop and we will have a harvest. It wasn't very long after that. He went out and checked the field and the cotton balls had opened up. They were white and he was able to go in there and to harvest the crop. I remember him coming to the house, getting on the phone and he called the cotton gin and he said, well, you, are you guys open? I have a harvest. I have a crop to bring. He had the guy's home number. And he said, no, Mr. Edwards, we're not open. Nobody in the county has a crop. And he said, I do. Will you open up for me? The man was shocked. He took the crop in. And we got an excellent price that year because nobody else had a harvest. God is faithful to his word. Amen. And I was just a little girl, and that is forever inbred in my heart. It passed down to me, and now I'm passing it down to my granddaughter. If your kids are already grown, you're going to have grandbabies. So you pass that down to them. God is faithful, and God will provide for all of our needs. Can I get an amen? Yes. Amen. She's doing so good, I think I'll just let her continue. (laughs) But that's what we're talking about. Modeling being on the right path. Don't expect your kids not to get drunk if you're getting drunk. That's the way I grew up. I grew up in a family that drank a lot. I don't think that they were alcoholics, but they drank a lot. I saw a lot of things as a little boy. And so, you know... When I was 14 years old, I went and ordered a beer and got served in the state of Wisconsin. You know, got drunk and ended up out in a cornfield. When I was 16 years old, got arrested at a restaurant. We walked into a restaurant one night. I had a friend, we called him the Pope. And the reason why we called him the Pope is because he stole the priest hat, you know, they used to wear. And we were smoking some marijuana, and we walked into the, the restaurant like this, all high and drunk. And the Pope was going like this. And uh, I, went to a, I went to a Christian Brothers high school, you know, all boys high school. You know, they tried to keep the Catholic boys away from the Catholic girls, but it never works. <laughs> And one of the Christian brothers was one of the guys riding around with the police in St. Louis Park, Minnesota that night. And uh, they were there and they put us under arrest. And I was resisting arrest. And my mom and dad got called up at about one in the morning, come to pick up Mark. So they come, both of them pick me up. And my mom looks around and says, well, you've been drinking. Well, duh. So... With all due respect, I love them, and they did turn. Amen? They're both in heaven today. They did turn for the glory of God. But whatever your kids see, whatever's modeled in the home is what's going to happen in your children's life. So if you're flying off the handle, and you're losing your temper, and you're cussing and saying and doing things you shouldn't be doing those children will follow suit but on the other hand let's go to the other hand on the other hand if you're a man of God if you're a man of the word 
If you're a man who lives by the principles of God's word and does your level best to live right in God's sight before your children, they will follow suit. Somebody says, Pastor Mark, you're wrong. I did my very best. I did everything that I possibly could to bring my child up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And today they're on drugs. One of them's a prostitute. One of them's in San Quentin. One of them's here. One of them's there. Listen, it ain't over till it's over. And if we'll walk by faith and not by sight and not be moved by the picture of them behind bars or them on the street or them sniffing cocaine and smoking crack. Ultimately, if you train up your child in a way that they should go when they are older, you can stand on the eternal living word of God and they shall not depart. I'm telling you, thus saith the Lord today, there is a call out in the realm of the spirit. There is a call in the realm of the Spirit, and the call is from the Holy Spirit, and He's calling all prodigals home. He's calling all those that have left Father's house to go out and live in the pigsty and eat the food of pigs. He's calling the prodigals home. And thus saith the Lord our God, they're coming. They are coming. They are coming from the north, they are coming from the south, they are coming from the east, and they're coming from the west. So, dear friend, don't you give up your hope. Don't you be moved by that picture on the outside. Be moved by what you see on the inside. See Him serving the living Savior. Let's raise our hands and thank Him right now. Oh, Father, we call the prodigals in. We call the prodigals home. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So say it with me. Faith speaks the answer. And faith sees the answer. These things will keep you on the path. These things will keep you. It'll help you maintain your sanity. How to stay sane in an insane world? Live by faith. We all face things that we just don't quite understand, right? We've all been through some things we just don't know why. But one thing we know for sure, we know that our Redeemer lives. And even though bad situations come our way, our trust and our confidence is in God that He will turn what the enemy meant for evil around for good. And seemingly in the natural realm, when there seems no way, we always can refer to the scripture where Jesus said, I am the way. Now, in closing, I want to work with a quick revelation for you today. Because we're talking about staying on God's pathway. And faith is important. But how many of you know that obedience coupled with faith is a powerful dynamic duo? See, the Bible says if you be obedient, if you be willing and obedient... Here's what's going to happen. You're going to eat the good of the land. Now, there was a man after God's own heart that really pleased the heart of the Father. Remember, we're talking about fully pleasing him by staying on the path. His name was David. 
Had David missed it? Had David failed? You bet he had, and you bet he did. Have you missed it, and you have you failed? I'll let you answer that yourself. <laughs> but the neat thing about David, he was quick to repent, and he was quick to believe God. And God found David faithful. The Bible says of him in Acts 13, 22, that I found him as a man after my own heart. The message translation says, he was a man after my own heart. He did the will of God. In other words, David always did what I told him to do. That's obedience. Being obedient to the Lord will keep you on the path. Being disobedient will stop you on the path and prevent you from moving forward. You see, it's the little steps of obedience that are required by God that positions you for greater steps. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So, as I said earlier today, there are some things way down the path that he's got for you, but we're not there yet. We are required then to walk in obedience today. You see, whatever God has shown you to do, and whatever you have light to do, you're required to walk in. Amen? If you walk in the light as He is in the light, you'll be in position for greater steps. Now, it's all boiled down in one phrase, and it's what Jesus modeled for us at the wedding of the at the wedding in Cana. Remember that? Yes. Now, can anyone tell me what happened in Cana? They ran out of what? Wine. They ran out of wine. And what did Jesus do? He turned the water into wine. Now, don't you know that the people that he told them to take those vessels and to fill up with water, don't you know their minds went tilt? Yes. Just like our minds go tilt sometimes. Why, Master? And they looked at Mary, thinking, well, maybe the Master's been on the road too long. Maybe he needs a little sabbatical. Maybe he just needs to rest a little bit. But here's what Mary said to him. Whatever. She didn't say whatever. She didn't have an attitude like a lot of people do today. Whatever. No, she said, whatever. He says. To you, what? The Nike advertisement says, just. God speaks to you, just. God shows you to do something, just. Be a doer of the, just. Just do it. Now here's the story. The water turned into wine. There was a miracle. But there never would have been a miracle If they hadn't done what the master instructed them to do. And I got a word for you today. God's got miracle after miracle after miracle for your life. For your employment. For your family. But on the path. Whatever he says to you. Just do it. And in closing turn with me to Job 36. Job 36. You getting anything today? I hope you are. Job 36, and I want us to look at verse 11. Job 36, verse 11. Are you ready? Let's read together. If they obey and serve me, 
They shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Okay, so there are two results of obedience and serving. One is prosperity. The other is pleasure. Somebody says, I thought pleasure was wrong. Are you kidding me? If pleasure is wrong, then why would God say that it gives him great pleasure to give you the kingdom? If pleasure is wrong, why would the word say he takes pleasure in prospering his servants? Pleasure is not wrong. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that when we praise him, that we are and were created for his pleasure. Fully pleasing him. So when you obey and you serve him, you will spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure. Question mark. If we don't obey him. If we don't serve him, what will happen? Well, certainly not what that scripture says. Guess what? We don't even want to go there. We don't want to be consumed with what if that doesn't happen. What we want to be consumed with is, Lord, I desire to fully serve you, obey you, and walk by faith and not by sight. Therefore, I'll stay on the path being a blessing to every generation that is to come. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and pray. Father, thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for each and every person that has come. I pray that they would be encouraged and that this word would saturate deeply within their hearts today, Lord. I pray, Lord God, for every hearer of your word, that they would attend to it and be doers thereof. For then and only then our will we be blessed in all of our doing. Amen.